to another episode of Page Turner. Today, um, we've got both Kevin and Shane joining us. It's fantastic to have Kevin back from vacation. Did you have a good one? It was wonderful. Where'd you go? Hendersonville. We had a little cabin up in Hendersonville. So, so did you see any bears? No bears. <laughs> we tried to go tubing, but the water was so high, we never got to go tubing. Oh, wow. So we went ziplining instead, which I'd never done that. That was exciting. Oh, did you hit a tree? I mean, yeah, <laughs> I supposed to, yeah. But they put these little pillows around it so you don't actually hit the tree. Yeah. <laughs> no injuries. No, but my son did go upside down for a little bit on one of them. He put his feet straight up. And did they allow up. that? Yeah, they, they encouraged it. <laughs> okay. So you got to get Davis to do it. It was really good. It was all Spider-Man-like. You should get Davis to do that. I would not need to talk him into doing something like that. He would do it immediately. So, yeah. Okay. We did zip lining once for like an anniversary dinner. They, you can do zip and dine at the Whitewater River Rafting Center. That's so, so romantic. Can, yeah, I know. <laughs> the first part wasn't like you're hitting trees but you're zip lining through the forest. And then at the end, you end up in this beautiful spot and they have like dinner prepared under lights and huh. it's cute. Yeah, that was a few years ago. That's, that's kind of what marriage is like anyway, I guess, zip lining. Hitting trees. <laughs> Step off into the abyss. and Just when you think you're making, having good momentum, bam. <laughs> My wife doesn't watch these, I don't think. So I'll find them. <laughs> <laughs> We're all good. We're all clear. Yeah. We've run into an obstacle. Oh, yeah. uh, well, I'm glad you had a good week back and glad to have Shane back again. Like we, it feels like we've had, like we've been entertaining so much. We've had Brad and Diane and then we had Jim on, like we've had all these guests and now it's just back to us, just us three again. So. Well, this will, uh, this will precipitate a ratings drop now. So if we back to <laughs> Yeah, no more star bookings like we're done. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, all right, so speaking of animals, because we've had dog story, we've had bear story. Um, somebody, um, a Nancy from the church sent me video of an alligator in her backyard. So now like there was an alligator roaming in her backyard and that was interesting. And, um, but this week is Shark Week on Discovery. So I don't know if you guys are into Shark Week at all, but we watch it, it's, it's interesting. And the, some good news, due to COVID, shark attacks are down <laughs> because obviously people aren't- Less as, food source, yeah. Are not going, to the, going out or going to the beach as much as in the past. So shark attacks are down. And they actually did do one series, they were out in Australia or something, and because of um, COVID and the boats not being out on the ocean and everything being shut down for that short period of time, um, this one group of scientists went and there was like a huge increase of white shark, female white shark spottings since COVID. So it's kind of neat to see how the pandemic is also in having an effect on science or nature and science and the environment and all that. So anyway, Shark Week, if you're interested. And I always enjoy watching Shark Week after we've been at the beach. So we're all good. Are you making a plug for Discovery Channel or whatever right now? <laughs> hey, well, I'll tell you about plugs. I need to copyright this idea. I've had this thought for years. 
that, you know, these reality TV shows that, that have been for years, I'm telling you, it would be a hit if somebody would produce a reality TV show about church life. It, oh my gosh. The suspense, the excitement. You remember the show, The Office, when they would like go uh, to someone just kind of speaking away from the work room and they're just kind of, it's it, it, like, just imagine Christmas Eve and all the chaos. And then you just, all of a sudden you have the music director just kind of sitting away from everybody going, I can't take this anymore. I've had two people tell me that the organist played the wrong note on Come All You Faithful. And I'm, I, you know, or the, or the senior pastor kind of uh, smoking a cigarette between, uh, you know, services because he or she's just wiped out. It would be a hit. And I need to copyright that idea. Okay. I got an episode years ago. We had to evacuate the church because of a bomb threat. And it ended up being cases of tuna on the food truck. And so we referred to that day as the tuna bomber. So we actually had to shut church down and leave. Everybody had to go away from the parking lot. Because but, of tuna? Yeah, somebody had bought a case of tuna at Food Line and written these kind of like weird poems on the side of the box and left it on the truck. There are wonderful stories that happen in the church. I could share you some stories that have happened on Christmas Eve where someone passed out and, oh, right? I mean, just in the middle well, of that the- that happens every Christmas Eve. It was an acolyte and injured to the head. There have been um, wedding mishaps. I mean, all these stories that we share. And if you had a reality TV show, it would be so suspenseful. It'd be the, I don't know, it'd be like a drama. And then it would also come across as America's Funniest Home Videos, too. So, and we could also include, you know, some messaging in there as well. You know, like get, get some uh, good sermon, little mini snippets and, and share. Was it, the, was it the show? Was it Choppers, American Choppers, those motorcycle guys? Yeah. Now they would like the father and son, wouldn't they have like these yelling? They would just scream at each other. Well, see, that's the senior pastor and the music director on it. I mean, we're completely just at each other's throat. You, you messed this around here. And then we go out and then we just usher in the Holy Spirit for everybody, come back, not speak to each other for days. I mean, it's 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 really it's it's wonderful to you. Hey, all right, so when the cameras start coming and we've got this show, like, oh my gosh. Oh. Well, they've tried everything else, so I bet it's going to happen, Shane. You better, you better. I told you that first hymn wouldn't work. I told you it wouldn't work. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say you said, a, you said a different sentence in the second service than you did in the first service. That's going to confuse everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we could definitely bring the cameras in. We definitely oh. have, have some entertainment. I, I, um, I need to knock it off. I'm sorry, but yeah. in drama, we have entertainment and and some drama in church. Yeah, <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. Right. Um, <laughs> I'll be thinking about that one for a while now. So this week um, is beside it being Shark Week. Um, our my children go back to school tomorrow, and I specifically remember I don't need March, April, May. It must have been at the end of May when they were just starting summer and Shane was like, you know, they've already been home for 10 weeks. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then now we went, now we've made it through summer and now here we are five months later, six months later, they're going to school mm -hmm. and we're still, we're still sitting here. <laughs> so when do your kids go back, Kevin? Monday, okay. but virtual. So they'll be at the house. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Shane? Monday too? CMS? No, uh, ours is the next week. Okay. 
17th, is that when CMS opens? That's Monday. Oh, that is Monday. Okay, yeah. My, I, just edit that out. Yeah, next week, I'm on top of this. <laughs> We're in August 2020. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. But it is crazy. It's crazy. And it's kind of like bittersweet too, because actually yesterday I was like, oh, I better go see if I need to get any school supplies. Like it doesn't even feel like school is really starting. And they had meet the teachers on Zoom. Like, so it's just. There's so many families, like this is a very sobering moment for them. And they're having to make some really hard decisions. I can imagine that there are families who have sons or daughters who could handle an online classroom experience and succeed, um, but then there will be those who will have to be supervised, children that will just have to be supervised all of those hours or else they'll just wander off, uh, find something more interesting to do because they're gonna be at home. Yeah. And so I, 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 I can only imagine the number of families struggling and I think they're all sympathetic with why, um, but the practicalities are still gonna be uh, extraordinarily challenging. I agree. It's I, I I'm hopeful that even though we're starting virtually, that we will not be ending virtually. And at some point they will get back, even if it's part-time or whatever, you know, I, I'm hopeful that we will try to get back to somewhat of a normal school environment instead of at home. <laughs> right. So well, yes, prayers to all the families and students that are, and I know a lot of colleges are starting back and kids are going away. And so prayers to everybody during this time. Um, so we talking about returning to school. <clears throat> um, we sent out an email, a survey email to the congregation a few weeks ago. And um, our intent of the survey was to just kind of get a, a pulse on the congregation as to um, where they feel they are in returning to worship in person. And then we also wanted to just also see where they felt on some other area, ministry areas, whether it's education, um, missions, pastoral care, like each question kind of was geared toward a specific ministry that they were hoping to learn some more information and were really Again, we're trying to find ways, meaningful ways, to keep everybody connected to the church during this time. And, and, and we've been working very hard the last five months on this, but we really want to make sure, maybe there's some new opportunities and new ideas and new suggestions. So um, we've had 360 responses to the survey, which is, I think, a really good turnout. And, um, Shane, you were laughing last week when we said we were going to talk about it. Um, you wanted the spe special music for yeah, like I got it. Here we go. Good evening, everyone, and the results are in. We welcome you to this. Yeah, there you go. There's the there's there's the music. Awesome. You've got my job. This is fantastic. Thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> I would say, <laughs> I would say that we were, I don't know if it's pleasantly surprised by how the turnout. So the first question was, when will you um, return 
to, to worship in person. <clears throat> and you had, Shane, given us a stoplight analogy earlier. Do you want to just recap what the stoplight stop analogy is? Because I think that's a really good graphic. And I didn't come up with it. I heard it from someone else. But you can imagine your congregation as a traffic signal. Uh, a third are on red, a third are on yellow. Red meaning we're not coming back until there's a vaccine. Uh, yellow, they're cautious. They may come back, but they're cautious. That's about a third. And then another third of your congregation, expect them to be green, uh, which is we will come back immediately. All those numbers would change, but that's that's the general idea of the, of the social makeup of the typical church. Yeah. So our, our responses kind of fit that a little bit. So the numbers show that 15% will return at the first opportunity we have. And then 26% will return at the first opportunity we have, but with precautions. So if you group, group both of those together because they're coming back, some will come back right away, some will come back right away, but with precaution, that's 41% that basically feel like they will come back as soon as we open the doors. Um, that, would be, uh, that would be a percentage of the what we in the church world called active worshiping uh, membership. Those who were active in worship before, <laughs> um, and now the, 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 not just the general membership at, at large, forty percent. You know, those are two different figures. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, then there is a nineteen percent that will come. They will attend several weeks after we get started. So they're coming, but they're going to come a little bit later. And so that's 19%. So if you add up um, the 41 and the 19, it's almost 60% of people of the congregation that are ready to come back to worship now or soon and now. Or um, to make, make preparations to begin that process, sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is, um, you know, which is evidence of, I, th I think, during this time, uh, for those of us who just love our church, we are, we are hungry to get back. Um, but we don't also want to say for the, those, who's, those who said they were going to wait, uh, the, the, their decision is just as justified as well. Right. So 15, almost 16 percent said that they will return when there has been a vaccine and they've had the vaccine. And then another 10% said it will be quite a while before I return. So if you put those two together, that's 26% that it's going to be a while before they come back. And then, of course, there was 12% that were not sure when they were going to come back. And that could be they might come back next week or they don't know, maybe next year. So you kind of take them out and you just look at the other numbers. And I think we were a little bit surprised to see how many people were really anxious to get back. Yeah, I would agree with that assessment. It, it's hopeful. Um, and I, I was surprised. But it almost does track to about a third, a third, a third, uh, you know, give or take. Uh, if, you, if you have a, uh, an error, plus or minus, you mm -hmm. know, 4%. Uh, 4%. Um, so that's what we would see. And of course, then you have to define what do people mean by caution. So that means if, uh, if, if worship were to begin, indoor worship, and of course, it would have to begin if it begins, when it begins in a very modified fashion. Right? Mm -hmm. We'd need protocols in place mm -hmm. um, and, and make sure that those protocols 
are agreeable with those who are cautious, who want to come back, but I want to know what you're doing to make for a comfortable, clean environment. So I think, and I'm not sure if people know about this, but we have a committee at, um, of staff and, and one other person. Um, we were called the Pathfinders and we are, um, I guess, kind of the reopening committee. And um, Shane, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about who is on this Pathfinders committee and what the goal of this committee or the role of this committee is. Well, the people who constitute the committee would be, uh, would be me, the senior pastor. You have all the other clergy, the music director, who's also a clergy. Uh, Karen, as a, uh, the director of communications, you serve on this committee. Patty Waldison, who is our director of finance and operations, she has served on the, on the committee and is still, as of this recording, a member of it. Um, we know that she, has, uh, she will be moving on to the next chapter in her life, and uh, we're all very sad about that, but wish her all the best. Uh, our director of involvement, um, Charlotte Thomas, is on this committee. Our facilities manager, Keith Revis, is on this committee. And we have a representative also from our medical advisory team that has been assembled in recent weeks as well, who is a lay member of the church and uh, is a doctor and who is working with a team of other medical professionals uh, to help us really calibrate what our guidelines should be. What are they seeing on the ground in their practices and, uh, and how can we adjust to those realities? I'm trying to think if there's any, anybody else. Oh yes, of course, uh, our children's director as well, uh, Manita McCurin. She's also a part of these conversations. And we, we usually meet for an hour, sometimes an hour and a half every week. And we've been meeting since COVID started, essentially, almost, it feels like. I think it was uh, in May when we, we started coming together. Um, and I think at the time, the hope was, well, clearly by June, we're, we're, we're going to be able to bring people. I mean, um, and so we work on this. And maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but as, as one of my colleagues said, we are building this plane in midair. It just seems like the news changes so frequently. Then you have governors announcing something, extensions of phase twos, and then you're waiting on word from the conference and, and the bishop. And so we're, we're, we're just trying to fly through a little bit of turbulence on this plane um, and to try to get it to a safe landing. Yeah, it's, it's some, it's not frustrating, but sometimes it just feels like, are we making any progress? Like we have all these meetings, all these meetings, all these meetings, and then it's just like, are we, are we making progress? And I think obviously we are, We're, we, we have lots of this discussions about everything and, and just how to, how we can do things right. And um, I think it will all come together at the end, but sometimes it just, we, we leave there and we're like, it's like this amoeba. We're just like, I want to get across the finish line. So sure. I'd say it's like my metaphor, Shane, is nailing jello to the wall. You just keep, <laughs> you know, pick it back up and try again. And, <laughs> you know, we've tried to, you know, the, the, the youth choir trip is a perfect example. We kept trying to adjust and adjust and adjust. And it's heartbreaking to put something out and then have to walk it back. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. With, uh, with the entire membership in mind, which the survey all indicates, we're going to look at this from different perspectives. And so how do you strike a balance among all of those? That too is a challenge. 
I think that's right now, not necessarily mine, but you guys, your biggest challenge. <laughs> because I feel like we hear from both ends. We hear people saying, God wants, wants us in church. We need to be in church. We need to be in church. And then I feel like we hear people telling us, we, we can't be part of the problem. We've got to be saved. You know, all, like we're literally getting it from both, both, both ends. And it's, it's hard. I think from my perspective, what needs and has been driving us is not to make this fast or expeditious. We need to get it right. We have to get it right. Um, and those are the steps that we're, we're, we're trying and been attempting to take. And that's why you have now so many more people around the table, including the medical advisory team. We want to get the, we, we, it's incumbent upon us, I think, as a spiritual practice uh, to do whatever we can to get this as right as we can. It will never be perfect, but can we get it, can we get it right? I was going to say, I think also there's another part of this, which is the practicality of it. Uh, you know, if you want to be in worship, that's great. But what if worship looks extremely difficult or different than what we've experienced? And from my perspective, being music director, if we can't sing, is that going to feel, you know, I've done a funeral or two where nobody was singing and it feels really uh, disorienting. Um, or even say the Lord's Prayer together or uh, 23rd Psalm. That we sort of take for granted in worship every week. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm reading all these scientific surveys from the University of Colorado Boulder about aerosol droplets. I'm learning all about fluid dynamics, things that <laughs> we care about to kind of make sure that what I recommend as the musician, resident musician on the staff, uh, you know, who's in charge of worship, how do we do that? Can I make that, can I uh, just dovetail on what Kevin said for just a minute about people can maybe underestimate what it feels like in a situation like this? This is a psychological thing that's very hard to measure empirically. But what people also need to realize is that if and when worship is able to happen again, it's going to be different. And so, so many people are going to come in with the pre-closure expectations of worship. I have said this before, it's probably uh, the wrong analogy, but we'll, we, we, there will be some people who will walk in, and I've been among them, you want to walk into grandma's house and just... I, we're going to do what we always did, how we did it as a family, and, and you know, we're going to have the muffins and, and everything else. And no, actually, um, at this point, what would it look like for us to be in a, a space where we could not have congregational singing, where there could not be collective prayer, there could not be a, a passing of the peace, there could not be a mingling among each other, among a, a, a friends and all that. That's awkward. And there are some churches among us who have said, we're going to actually wait until worship is excellent and where all of those experiences can be mixed in again uh, instead of, of opening too soon and everybody leaving saying, gosh, you know what? That was weird. Yeah. We, we don't want that to be the experience uh, either. So my point being is for those 15% who want to come back, I get it. I'm sympathetic, but it still won't be the same. But I also don't want to underestimate just being in the space will in itself be a catharsis um, uh, for some of our people. But yeah, awkwardness is one of those intangibles that we don't want to underestimate. 
So one of the, um, at the end of the, the survey, people were able to just write suggestions, comments, you know, thoughts on how we've been doing or ideas for keeping them connected. But there was the recurring theme of why can't we have worship outside like so many other churches? Um, Kevin, do you want to expand on, it's not that we haven't thought about it. No, um, <laughs> we have thought about everything, yes. <laughs> yes, Kevin, can you expand on that a little bit? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I think Mount Zion does it down the street uh, here. Um, and it's something we've talked about in great length. Um, there are just some logistical things we have to overcome. Again, to go back to this awkwardness. Our parking lot is not really set up for that. Um, besides the fact that we don't have the infrastructure of sound systems and bands and people to set it up and take it down. Um, our attendance on the worship, and Karen might verify this for me, um, for the live streaming and people watching it within 24 hours or whatever Karen would use that metric is still pretty strong compared to what we had in person six months ago or eight months ago. Um, we don't really have the ability to live stream that outdoor worship. And so we'd have to come right back in and do another live stream service. I have a friend who said uh, he has an outdoor worship and the, the people there have to get there at 7 a.m. for an 11 o'clock service. And then the, the, the volunteers stay until 2 p.m. And it's all for 150 people. Uh, well, if we're getting 600, 700 people watching over the course of two days, it, it's a lot of work to do that uh, for just a small amount of people. Plus, let's be honest, it's hot. If you drive past Mount Zion, like I do every Sunday, uh, they're clustered together, not adhering to social distancing under the shade trees, which is what I would do too. Uh, we don't have the ability. It's just a, it's a logistical conundrum right now. Yeah, I know. We, we, it, it, we did think about it, but it just doesn't make sense. Just with all the setup and stuff. So now that we have some of these results and we have, you know, we have our committee that's been working on things. Um, I don't know if you can get out your crystal ball, but is there, do you have any words of, of hope or encouragement for the, for the future as to maybe, you know, what, what worship will look like in the next few months? Kevin, go ahead. <laughs> I'm hopeful. I am hopeful. I am hopeful. We, you know, in the music department, we're looking at hopefully having a plan so that when we are able to have small groups, we're going to go right into it. We're going to be able to have handbell rehearsals and children and youth choirs. And um, we've taken some of these results of the survey to heart. Um, again, I'm learning all sorts of stuff. There are masks that are available for choirs. We're going to check into these things. Um, it will look different and it's going to be awkward. And for churches who get bent out of shape sometimes about the color of the carpet and the sanctuary being changed, just get ready. It's going to be different. But I ultimately do believe, um, well, I hope, I have hope that we will be in worship soon. Now, what's the definition of soon? I, again, you're nailing the jello to the wall here. Yeah. Uh, tried to, you know, forecast it out. Um, we have just started begun to thinking about the fall in three different ways in the music department of uh, in-person um, as well as still doing live streaming. And then 
what happens if the worship goes in and out of being live streamed and, and in person? What if we have a flare up and we have to go back to live streaming? So we're kind of thinking big picture in the music department about how to plan worship in the eventuality that there's a flare up and we have to go back to live streaming. Um, what is it, what does Advent look like in person? What does Advent look like if we have to go back quickly, like we did in March, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, right? Mm -hmm. Y'all had to make this decision to go live stream. I think it was Thursday. I, I it, was Thursday. it was a <laughs> Thursday. It was a Thursday. It was a Thursday because I remember it rudely interrupted my sermon series on the seven deadly sins and I had to right. but, do a, a, a stop on that. We were printing the the bulletins. Oh, right. For, we were right in the middle of uh, printing all the bulletins when everything shut down. I remember running in there saying, "Stop the press!" So, hey, yeah, you got to say that. Yeah, and I remember saying to uh, to Kevin, I was like, "I don't know. We're in a pandemic. I don't think I should preach on lust now." On some, uh, you know, that, just, that doesn't just work uh, right now. So, uh, so you're going to preach on lust the first week back? Is that right? I think the first Sunday we're able to be back. Um, that should be the topic. I don't guarantee a big attendance. <laughs> oh my gosh. Exactly. You know, that reminds me, of course, this could be sermon fodder that I'm giving away. Um, one of my favorite preachers ever, Will Willimon, he uh, did a series on the seven deadly sins. I think it turned into a, a book, but I remember one of the sermons, he said that he had the schedule printed out on the topics or the, the, the vices on which he would preach. And he says, nobody showed up for gluttony. And then uh, on the Sunday for lust, place was packed. <laughs> it was Easter numbers. Um, in all seriousness, yes, we are working on some things. Uh, the Pathfinder is. I think it would be more of a twofold approach. You know, what about for those small groups on a very limited scale right now? What about small groups if they are really eager to um, connect with each other on the campus and there's enough numbers in the group where they can distance themselves appropriately? You couldn't have a small group of 25. That would be uh, difficult. Is that possible? And then as we look to worship, we know that members of the church want to return. Nobody wants us to return more than uh, Kevin and me, uh, and re really the staff here. Uh, how can we do that? What it will not be, though, is what it was before. Uh, we emphasize that point again. It will be utterly modified. Um, and let me just say that we have to avoid a, a word called reopening. Uh, during this time, that's the wrong word to use. So even if we were to say uh, we think this kind of worship service could happen for certain people, it's still not reopening. Um, maybe this is uh, uh, the wrong word to use, but you know how beta, beta, you ever, you ever been a part of a, an app, had an app and, or part of a program? Beta testing. Sign up for the beta version of this. Beta just means we're working on another version. We just want to know what are the knots, what are the bugs in, in, in this one that we're trying to roll out. So if, you, if we were going to do uh, indoor worship again, it would be like beta. It, we would beta test it because we would have to uh, ensure the protocols. How are those doing? And um, how excellent is the worship in this kind of environment as, as well? So everybody needs to take away, be hopeful. We are working towards uh, some goals, but news changes so frequently. It just does. And if there's all of a sudden this incredible spike next week, well, that changes things, doesn't it? But we're working on some uh, provisional plans. Yes. Yeah, I, I think um, yesterday in our meeting, um, the 
the team doctor that was there, he, 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 he said it a few times and it's true, this isn't going away. COVID's not going away anytime soon. And so we, yes, we need to be cautious and concerned and, but we also need to learn to live with this now and how, what's that going to look like? And I think we're experiencing that all through life. I mean, with school now, church, stores, everything. I mean, we're all just, everyone's we're now- We're learning to adapt. We, we are beginning, uh, we are, we're, we're, we've adapted, we're adjusting. Yeah, yeah. I know, because I remember one of our conversations early on um, of COVID, like, are we gonna make people wear a mask? Like, are we, can we do, like, and now it's just so common, everybody wears a mask. Like it's, we, everyone brings a mask wherever you go, you know, you got your mask, you gotta, you know, so. It's funny. Can I, can I interject one more thing? I'm like Mr. I'm just interjecting the whole time. Um, there was a newsletter of a uh, local church in the area, and the and the and the, the pastor, the, the lead pastor of this church, said he's been hearing from three different kinds of people. Uh, the first sets of people, and and they've already done some some plans to bring people, uh, you know, into worship. But there were those uh, a segment of people who are upset that there were other people not wearing masks. <laughs> And then the other people upset are the people upset about being asked to wear a mask. And the third set of people are upset that the church has such a strong smell because of the disinfectants. <laughs> Get that reality TV show. <laughs> Do you really want cameras following you around 24 <laughs> seven? Not for me. <laughs> Oh gosh. Well, I, I feel hopeful that when the time is right, we will be able to have people back sooner, hopefully than later. And that I feel with the conversations we had have had with our Pathfinders group that it will be done right. I do. I feel like we've worked really hard on that and that it will be done right. So we just I think we're I think we're closer now than we've ever been before. That sounds like a song lyric, I know, but. Yes. And did you mention this? We're also, the, at least the clergy, we're having conversations about what does Advent and Christmas Eve yeah. look like? In yeah. We do have a meeting uh, date set aside just to try to tackle that question. Uh, and if I had a, a, a specific idea for the, the people listening, I would share it. But really, we're, we're starting with a, a blank chalkboard and what, what that, what does Advent and Christmas Eve look like during a pandemic? We know it's not going away. And I think everybody would understand that being able to have five services, Christmas Eve services, or, or four Christmas Eve services with 600, 700 people in them, that's not going to be able to happen. Or singing Silent Night possibly may not happen. Sorry. No what, candles? Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, what are we going to do about the carols? I mean, can you imagine being not being able to sing the Christmas carol with evil? We're, we're trying to be helpful. Old CD player out. Get your old CD player out. Put your microphone next to it, and we'll just play it. Yeah. <laughs> Try to be helpful, Shane. Try to be helpful. <laughs> well, I am. God is doing something new. We don't know what that is because we're in the middle. We're mm -hmm. in the you're in the middle. You can't really see the 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 beginnings behind you, and the end is not yet in sight. We're still in the middle. Yeah. Well, as always, great talking with you guys today. That's all we have for our topic. I don't have, 
I didn't come with a with a listener question, so maybe next week we'll have we'll have one. But if anybody, that's does, my favorite part. <laughs> yes, yeah, send them to Kevin. If anybody has, no, I'm just kidding. But if you do, if anybody does have a topic or a question that they would like us to discuss, please email me at kpayne at davidsonumc.org. Um, again, all of our past page turner episodes are on um, the website under resources. I do have to laugh because my son and my husband were listening to one and my son was just like, I can't believe you're on a podcast. And I'm like, whatever. He's like, are you on Spotify? <laughs> so I'm like, I think so. Wherever you can get a podcast is where you can also. So yes, we probably are on Spotify and all those those trendy places to listen to an i and i i what is it called it's a podcast i'm thinking an ipod podcast anyway yeah, podcast karen podcast we're so good that we've got zoom and pod <laughs> <laughs> anyway this has gone off track <laughs> watch out stay tuned for that reality show that's coming next <laughs> Anyway, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week. Take care.